Jason, downtown Lee Summit is the heart of our city. And right in the middle of all that action is Julia E. Hampton, CPA PC, serving all the residents and businesses throughout our city. Julia and her team give us a full service company for your tax and accounting needs. How full? How full, you ask? Let me tell you how full. Individual tax preparation, corporations, payroll taxes, partnerships, trusts, payroll, bookkeeping services, consulting for your tax issues, dealing with back taxes and cleaning up issues with the IRS. Julia and her team have the skills and the expertise to be your partner in business. They've been in business for 16 years now, so let them show you what their business experience and a personal touch can do for your bottom line. Contact Julia today at Julia at HamptonCPA.net. All hail the queen! Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is all that, but he ate the bag of chips. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. You, you, you don't know how true that statement is today because, Jason, tonight for dinner we went to uh, – we, we visited one of our sponsors. We hit Stewie McBrews, and I chowed down on some fries. That's good. That's, that's, uh, there's chips if we're British, so we're, we're, are right. we trying to class to join up? Well, Mrs. Link to Lee Summit actually ordered the fish and chips, so it kind of fits. All right. Sweet. All right. So – Link to Lee Summit, it's the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor tonight is George Brett. For he was my boyhood idol, and it is today, as we record this, his birthday. Happy birthday, George. Hey, for your birthday, I'm going to send you a picture of a pine tar-coated bat. All right. I have actually a picture in my collection my mom got me of the pine tar incident. Uh, I have a uh, Pine Tar Incident t-shirt that I love, and it's always a hit at the game. Yes, I'm sure. Hey, also today, birthday of my little sister. I think that's more important than George, although George is real close. I mean, you're now our only Hall of Fame. You're old enough that your little sister's old. That's how old you are. I know. My baby sister, she's 40. That's so weird. That is that is very, very weird. All right. So, and guess, guess what? Uh, I'm the middle child. I still have more gray hair than all of them. Well... I was going to say they should have more gray hair. I blame hair. You. Like you. I blame the last year with you. That's what my mother says, too. She blames <laughs> with me on her gray hair as well. So, that's all right. Join the club. Hey, I'm getting excited, Jason. We are like a week and a half away from one of my favorite weekends of the year. It's downtown days. That is true. Hey, and guess what? This year, there will be, I think we can call it, an official Link to Lee Summit beer shift. There will be. An official one. There will be you and I and another contributing member of the Link to Lee Summit. Um, I don't want to say staff because I don't pay you guys anything. That's definitely true. So um, John Bedoin will be joining us. We'll see who else we can get. But I'm excited about it, Jason. And next week we're going to preview downtown days. So we'll give everybody all the important details about what's coming. And, and as always during those beer shifts, the key question is, will we serve more beer to others or to ourselves? Just not sure. You never know. You got to roll the dice. Yeah. So, not much happened at City Council this last week. There was some talking. And some more talking. But since it was a work session. Followed by more talking. There wasn't any, like, you know, legislation done. No, no, but there was a little, uh, there were some interesting moments. Uh, they had a presentation from the Lee Summit Housing Authority about 
Um, Weirdly, Summit stood right now as far as capacity and need for affordable housing. Uh, Jason, the the reaction from the council was about what we'd expect. This is going to be an ongoing conversation over the next, I don't know, what, 45, 50 days or so. But, um, you know, did you see anything? No, I mean, look, we already knew um, that the council members, at least the ones that were council members last year, uh, were pretty uncomfortable with the concept of more multifamily housing. And one of the things that keeps coming up in these conversations is the affordable housing part of it. And, and this is even when we're having these market rate or luxury rate apartments being built, they still are concerned about that. So this is a topic that is out there. However, I'm going to say it needs to keep coming back because the, the need is real. And, and I think the most telling thing that came out of that was the statistic, and we're going to come back and touch this at a later show, but the statistic that said to make um, at the average income for a single person in Lee Summit, you would have to have a rent rate to be affordable of $996 a month. Now, I've been involved in around a lot of these new developments as a member of the Planning Commission, and all of them, their one-bedroom rates are that or higher just to start. Um, so we're, we're already, we're kind of building out of the bottom half of the people in Lee Summit having the capacity to afford housing uh, that in that range. And that's a real problem, and it's real. And we're going to have to keep coming back to it, I think, to get the city council to address it in a, a functional and useful way. Well, like I said, we're going to come back to this later on in the summer. Right now, the city is asking for public input on this topic. Hey, and so we're going to, it's something we're going to encourage that you, you can do to make a difference. And I have already filled out the survey in part because I'm a giant nerd. And also in part. And probably, well, in large part. That's mostly giant, giant nerd. Yeah. But and, and the second part, because I just wanted to see what the survey said. I mean, it has a fairly standard set of questions, some demographic questions, some uh, questions about fair housing access, some questions about affordable housing access, and some issues that were going on around those. It took me a little more than five minutes to fill it out. So it's a pretty brief and very manageable survey. There's no essay questions. It's all multiple choice, click, click, click. Um, and, and it's pretty simple to get through. To get to it, you want to go to cityofls.net slash development. And there's a link. It's right at the top of the page. And, you know, it gives you the directions to get to it. There are three surveys, one for residents, one for developers, and I think one for lenders and the people in that kind of a, uh, lenders and, and landlords type uh, market. But we want to encourage people to go fill this out. I think this is, this is one of those things that it's easy to do, to be a part of. It's easy to participate, but it's important to participate. We really need people to take take initiative and take action and be a part of this process because we're going to have to address this as a community, Jason. We're going to have to address capacity and need and, and, and how we want to shape the community as it continues to develop and grow. Absolutely. And so, and this is an easy one. It's fully anonymous. They don't ask you for any of your, how, you know, your name or your phone number or your email or anything like that. You just go in, click the survey, take the survey and go about your business. It's a pretty straightforward deal. One other thing that came up out of out of the work session last week, Jason, was they started um, as they look to as the council looks to take take on and approve um, budget for the next fix, fiscal year. 
they started looking at, at those numbers, but then also talking about making a, a, um, a strategic conceptual plan for the next five years. And I it was very, very clear during these discussions, Jason, that um, the compensation issue is going to be right back on the front burner in the coming months. And, and I think as it has to be as a whole, I mean, that, that was the issue that drove the election uh, or at least uh, the coverage of the election. And and it's the issue that's going to be front and center on a number of these council members' minds because they really took a side one way or another, or especially those who were uh, very strongly pro-adding compensation at the very front end, uh, took some pretty strong stances. And I think it would be un inconsistent of them, inconsistent of them to... to Let's not make up words. Oh, come on. I'm a lawyer. This isn't, That's my whole this isn't, this isn't like, you know, we're talking about the highways. We're going to make up, diverge about. Oh, don't even get me started about that. I'm, Which, by the way, wouldn't it just be easier to say figure eight? Sure. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they could have gone diverging dime about, diamond about or something awful <laughs> like that. Uh, anyway, I, I encourage people, if you want to get a little nerdy, if you want to know, go watch that discussion about about um, the budget, listen and talk to your council representatives. I think some of them have started to come out with um, with their thoughts on how to how they want to go about adding increasing compensation for C employees. I think again, it's pretty clear that everybody wants to make it happen. Um, right now, they are talking about how to make it happen and in which increments. And, and I think those five year that five year idea is a good idea because you do get that long term. Uh, view of what's the impact of doing, you know, all of it tomorrow or part of it tomorrow and some the next year and some the next year or whatever. Uh, well, and a lot of that, um, Mayor Baird brought up, a lot of that was that so that they know that, you know, there are things you can predict and things you can't predict. So it gives them kind of a roadmap to, to say, hey, if this happens, we can go this direction. If this doesn't happen, we'll look to go this way. It just gives them a little bit of a roadmap. And so this is a good discussion for them to be having. And again, this is one that really is going to keep going over the next 45 days or so at the least. Absolutely. Jason, before we get to our interview for this week, which is actually, we're going to kind of, we're going to revisit one of my favorite, I think one of yours too, one of my favorite interviews that we've had in the last year and two months. Something like that. Since, since we started the show. Um, we talk all the time about being involved in the community, about taking action. Um, one of those organizations that we, we have, we have highlighted on this show, one good meal, it needs some help. So we're going to help them. We're going to make a plea. They need some money. They've been trying to raise $17,000 by next week. Looks like about six or so have that has, has been raised. So they still need more. So as Roberta MacArthur, the director, will tell us at the end of the interview, we all need to get off our pockets. Absolutely. And if you are interested in going in and giving a little bit to help Roberta and the and that organization out, go to onegoodmeal.org. Um, there's a big donate button. There's a big donate button. You can give a little bit. That will help. Uh, and, and you can even probably set yourself up on some sort of a recurrent process if you want to go that route. But without further ado, we're just going to go back and we're going to play that original interview with Roberta MacArthur that was, I think, one of the ones that really gave us that, that picture into what the going forward stuff that we're talking about and getting involved in the community was really about. Her story is fantastic. 
I'm pretty sure you're going to be moved and you're going to want to donate. Today's episode is brought to you by Stewie McBrews, where you're always reminded to never eat more than you can lift. You know some of my favorite food to lift is? Wings. Wings. Tacos. Tacos. Nachos. Spicy balls. I'm not supposed to eat the spicy balls, but I love them. And so every time someone orders an appetizer of those, I always steal some. And I feel bad because I'm not supposed to eat the cheese, but man, they're good. And their wings, you get like a thousand flavors. You got tacos of all sorts. What else do you need? I got like a little standard option. You know, I kind of get the same things. Wings, nachos. I'll eat everything else, but I'm almost always ordering wings. Bacon and cheese, please. That's the ones I want. You know, a lot of places I'm going, I'll get like the same thing almost every time I go. Here, I'm always mixing it up with the, the type of wing or whatever other thing I'm going with it. It's a fabulous place. It's located perfectly in the heart of downtown Lee Summit, right there at 321 Southeast Main Street. You can get there, park right nearby. You can get your stuff. You can go wander about, have a good old time. Come to Stewie's, heart of downtown Lee Summit. I'm here with Roberta MacArthur, the executive director of One Good Meal. One Good Meal is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to providing hot meals to seniors in the homebound, regardless of their income. Roberta, welcome. Thank you. Um, now, this organization was founded in 1995. Correct. Can you tell me a little bit about how it started and why it started? That, that's kind of a funny story. I was in an automobile accident, uh, a dually pickup truck decided to kiss my front bumper. Uh, I was not prepared for that. Most and of us aren't. <laughs> and my mother brought me home and said, stay on the sofa. Oh, that, that, that's easy. I can't see and I can't walk. Sofa is good. She had an opportunity to pick up a neighbor of ours and take them to a craft class. At that time, Carolyn was 96 and was no longer allowed to drive. Mom was concerned about leaving me alone. You know, I... I sleep, go, bye, I'm fine. She came back probably 20 minutes later, and I don't know whether you recognize the term mom voice. Yes, I do. She walked in and she said, make me a lunch to go. So the woman who couldn't put on her glasses and therefore was blind as a bat, and who couldn't walk because she was on crutches, made a lunch to go for Carolyn. She had broken her hip and did not have anyone to bring her lunches. This is 22 odd years ago, and we didn't have the delivery system we do in Lee Summit. If you can afford it, you can have lunches brought in. They're not really nutritious, but you can have lunches brought in. At that point, you had a choice of uh, nothing or less. She had applied to Mills on Wheels, and she was number 75 on the list. You had to know my mom. She went ballistic because nobody in Lee Summit should go hungry. It was her town. That's the rule. Nobody goes hungry. So that summer, on my crutches, I made lunches for five women and we delivered them. And we proved to ourselves that that one good meal a day 
made their medicines more effective and brought them out of the funk and made them better. They uh, began interacting with their family and their friends, and you could see a dramatic difference, and we were very excited. That's a very powerful impact to have on someone at such, a, at such an easy and, and very early level. Now, obviously, in the 22 years now that have passed since that time, your organization has grown. A little. Um, and you now serve how many people on typically? Mon- yesterday, I had 106. Usually, it's right at 100. I am flexible enough that I can go as high as 110 on any given day. The routes, the people we deliver to changes every day. The uh, contact phone is never off. And as long as they let me know by 9.30 in the morning that they have uh, grandkids coming in, can I have an extra lunch? Of course you can have an extra lunch. Feed the grandkids. Yay. I try to be flexible. I want them to be happy and I want them to brag about the changes that they're going through. Absolutely. Now, um, I'm assuming that there aren't just 100 lunches worth of people that would need your services. Do you have a, a wait list or, or some oh, sort no, of... Oh, no, 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 no. I don't do no stinking wait lists. Mm-mm. No, my mother would turn over in her grave and beat me to death. <laughs> this is why we're flexible. Um, if you call before 930 to sign up on our program... And it's very easy to sign up. I will serve you that day. I will call Hy-Vee East, the one over on 291, where all of our meals come from, and I will ask them for more meals. And they will say, mm-hmm. sure, they may not be the same thing. Well, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Just, I need 115 instead of 110. They're very accommodating, and they're helpful. I don't ever want to get so big that I can't to say no to someone. That is the biggest horror in my life, is having you call and me having to say, oh, I'm sorry. You're six inches out of my delivery area. Uh, You can't afford anything to pay me. I can't help you. (coughs) Excuse me. That's that's my biggest tip, fear. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about. Um, so you started in 1995 with yourself and a few other people. Mom and I. You okay? You and your mother. <laughs> um, and obviously, you now have a number of volunteers um, who come through on a regular basis. How did you? And you, you've reached a, a point, and I think you've been a fairly. It's been a fairly stable size for mm-hmm. a while. How did you kind of manage some of that transition? Because after a certain point, it's not just you and your mom in a kitchen making sandwiches for people or making lunches for people. It's oh. gotten to where you you now are working with High V. You have you take charitable contributions. You you work through those sorts of things. How did you work some of that that growth that transition out as you went through? It sounds so naive. We put our trust in the Lord, and just stepped out on faith. Lee Summit is a phenomenal place to live. And if you can spot a need and somebody else agrees with you, then you have two people and you both talk to one more person, then you have four people and the network grows so huge in this town. It's amazing. And that's what we did. We networked. We are the best kept secret in Lee Summit. 
I do not advertise. I'm not in the phone book. You kind of have to know where to find me. Uh, when people call me about other cities, I tell them the same thing my clients were told. Find the biggest church you know and call them. They'll know how to get a hold of me. And they do. You see us uh, occasionally in the newspaper. We just spend our money on food. Any grants we receive, go to food. Uh, I just applied for a grant and they said, give us a detailed prospectus on how you're going to spend the money. I'm going to buy food for people who are hungry. And they didn't want me to go over three pages. And that was it. That's, that's, that's the whole prospectus. I am going to feed the people who need it. Actually, I did a little bit of research on your company before our interview today, and I looked at your, you, uh, there was a report, I want to say it was from about three years ago, and it said the percentage of money going to program costs, and it was 99%. Mm -hmm. um, that's an, a remarkable percentage for any charitable organization. Um, so clearly you've been doing this, and, and you, you certainly aren't making a lot of personal profit from from that whole process. And, and, there is and I no commend personal profit. No, absolutely not. No, and, everybody but I mean, in the organization is a volunteer. Right. All right, so you mentioned early when we first, when you were first talking about um, the, the first meals that you delivered, mm -hmm. the difference it made in the lives of the people. That could, that could you, can you elaborate a little bit more on that, on, on what impact regular healthy food has on, on it, someone? It does not matter your age. Uh, you're considerably younger than I am, but it will affect you equally. If you pop the Tylenol on an empty stomach, Tylenol has to dissolve and work on something. What's in your stomach? Stomach, that's what it's going to work on. But if you take a couple of crackers, if you take a little bit of food, the Tylenol works faster because it's not eating you. It's eating what you have swallowed. Our seniors fight a couple of things that are really, really, really hard to handle. One of them is food anxiety. D define I, that for me. I, I, well... When do you start thinking about lunch? Uh, usually moments after I have breakfast, but that's why I'm as round as I am. <laughs> and when lunchtime comes, are you pretty confident you can go out and get something? Absolutely. You have no problem with that? No, I, we have a very full refrigerator. My seniors don't have transportation. Some of them don't have anyone to go grocery shopping for them, and they worry. And that worry builds up inside of you and it makes you sick. And while this is going on, the second problem's going on too. Um, remember many, many long years ago, kids on the playground singing, nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I'm gonna go eat worms? Yes. That's called loneliness. And my seniors fight it all the time. They raise their kids to be strong, mature, good citizens that take care of themselves and their family and then take care of their parents. But the parents want to be first. They were there first. They want some more attention. And that's where we come in. At lunch, we go in. We spend five minutes with them. We make sure they're up, they're dressed. They know who we are. They have food. They have drink. And we leave. If I find someone in distress... 
the driver calls me, I call their next of kin. If they do not have a next of kin, I handle the situation personally. Boy, that scares me when I do that. But the idea is nobody needs to feel alone and panicky because their world is out of focus or off balance. This is, uh, we, we found some unusual things. I had a gentleman who had PTSD. Not my first by a long shot. His medicines had changed because he had lost weight. So they weren't uh, calibrated right for his current physique. And his PTSD was very dramatic. And he met us at the door with the machete. Yeah, well, that's one of the rules now. No one can have a weapon when they come to the door. You have to wear clothes. I'm getting nitpicky about that. You have to change your clothes at least twice a week. I'm easy to get along with. You can't cuss at my drivers. You can't throw the food at my drivers. And if you're not going to be there, you have to let me know. I don't want to break your door down. Those are all seems to be fairly set rules. So That's the uh, last 10 months that's gone on. Mom never faced those. Uh, we had a, a family who uh, decided this winter not to use their furnace. Okay, be cold, right? No, they used the oven and didn't vent it. And my driver said, it smells bad and nobody will wake up. And all the, you know those alarms in your head? The, the, the mom alarms or the dad alarms? I know you know what they are. Mm -hmm. They went off. My husband and I leaped in the van and we went running over there. I called the fire department on my way. And he said, I can't come until I know what the problem is. You want me to open the door? <laughs> okay, I will open the door. The carbon monoxide, I swear you can see it. I called the, the fire department. I said, we're on our way. And they were. They were like three and quarters of a second behind us. I know they waited at the end of the street. And we started bringing people out and getting the air and stuff. And I said, mm, guys, we're going to have to add that on the you guys don't do this anymore thing. No scaring the Roberta. <laughs> that should be on your list of rules is a don't scare the Roberta. Well, yes. you so obviously the meals you provide provide a lot more than just calories. Yes. Um, and, and so I also want to talk a little bit about what your your volunteers, how they, what they find or how they, how they interact and, and what they get from delivering the meals, cooking the meals, doing those sorts of things. Um, I am continually praised for one good meal and how it works. And I, I kind of smile because I do very little. I do paperwork, I answer phones, I organize. That's pretty much it. My volunteers, though, oh my God, they're the most wonderful people you've ever seen. I have people who volunteered for me for... 16 years. I have people who came in for community service because they were a bad seed eight years ago and they're still here. It's amazing. Not all of them drive, not all of them bake, not all of them run the lunchroom, but they all contribute something to make one good meal run smooth. It is amazing watching these people. Uh, we have a gentleman who's 99 years old. 
He's a World War II vet. If we can nurse him through to the 20th of May, he is 100 years old, triple digits. My drivers argue over who gets to go to his house. In fact, that's where my husband is now, grocery shopping for him. When he came to us, he was walking from his home to Walgreens over the uneven grass around the fence to get groceries. And you know those mom flags? Yep, mm, not on my watch. You have to have fresh fruit. You have to have milk that remembers what it used to be. You have to have meat that looks like meat. All of this stuff. So we go grocery shopping every week for him because that's what we do. We have people who um, need help getting to tran uh, transportation to the doctors, uh, a haircut. Doesn't seem very important to you guys. Oh, actually, it's but desperately important to me. I have to, to tell me. you, <laughs> a woman who doesn't feel like she looks good is not happy. And, you know, if you're 97 and you're not happy, somebody should get off their uh, pockets and do something about it. And that's what my volunteers do. That's good. All right, so if someone wants to, um, and I'm, I will say this, you, you, the, you have... In this very brief interview, more good stories than I hear in an average week. Uh, but if someone wants to, has been in, sort of inspired by what they're hearing and wants to help, what are some things they can do to, to help One Good Meal? That goes from really complicated to so easy I can't believe it. All right, let's start but with so easy you can't believe it. I need Ziploc sandwich bags. So they can bring you... I need someplace between 110 and 125 days a week for the bread. I need the same amount for desserts. That's it. Very easy. No problems. Uh, if they feel like, uh, feel a little bit more creative, they can bake for me. You know as well as I do, a homemade cookie tastes so much better than anything you can get at the grocery store. My seniors love that. Uh, I need them as a, we call them full octane, which would be sugar and brown sugar and molasses and all that lusciousness. No diet cookies. And then I need sugar-free. And I don't need sugar-free hockey pucks, guys. I need sugar-free that has a taste to it. Oh, that's a big step. Yes, it is. Um, I need contributors to our bake sales, people who will talk about what we're doing to raise funds. And then, of course, I need drivers. The people who drive for me have to be extraordinary. You have to be able to follow a map or directions, and you have to be able to interact with my seniors. Um, I had a gentleman who was absolutely fantastic. He played on the farm team for the Chiefs. Tremendously huge black guy. Loved the man. He had a heart of gold. It was swell. On his route, nobody would ever seen him. He dropped the meal off and run. One of my ladies wasn't there. And he said that he was going to wait and make sure she got her food. She pulled into the driveway and called me and said, there's a mugger, I'm not getting out of my car. I said, no, that's Mike. Oh no, I have talked to Mike. That's not Mike. Ask him his name. <laughs> and we talked for 20 minutes before I convinced her that he was not there to hurt her. 
they became very close, and he did yard work and all kinds of stuff. But she was so afraid because there was a man on her front porch. <laughs> he persevered through all of it. They have to be extraordinary. And I, I'm here to tell you, you drive once, and you think, that wasn't bad. When you drive the same route the second time, and you know that this one is Sally, and Sally really likes water with lunch, so don't get her no iced tea. And Mary Ellen over there wants a Diet Coke. No ice. Half a glass. They're people, and they have a story, and they're not afraid to tell you. And you find yourself delivering and then going back so you can hear the rest of the story. Somebody in the lunchroom tends to nag you if you take too long. Whoever that might be. My husband. Oh, I'm sure it was just him. I'm sure it's just him. Well, we know we can find you on the internet at onegoodmeal.org. Correct. Um, you do have a Facebook page. I do. And I did notice conspicuously placed on both of those was a donate button. If uh, if your kind of uh, if your kind of giving starts and ends with cash, then I'm sure that you'll accept that. Absolutely. Well, Roberta, thank you for uh, giving me. I, I would say so far probably our most inspiring set of stories um, about what we've had. We really appreciate it. Um, and um, we hope that uh, our interview will help bring a couple of extra people to give you help going forward. May I say one more thing? Absolutely. The one thing, the important thing you should get out of anybody talking about volunteering, especially in Lee Summit, is to give of yourself. Um, in my position, the people I'm taking care of took care of me and raised me. If nothing else, I owe them the respect for the, what they put into making me who I am. Your teachers, they did that, so give back to your schools. Your dad taught you how to play baseball. Work with a baseball team. I'm not going to tell you that One Good Meal is the best place in the world to volunteer. I am going to tell you to get off your pockets and volunteer somehow. Thank you, Roberta. That is the best closing that we could come up with. Everybody's getting ready to go outside, time to grill, time to sit around the patio. So, outside time! Outside time! Get your outdoor living spaces ready to go. Here's my suggestion. Go see my friends at Bunch of Blinds. Your outdoor living space, if it's even remotely enclosed, can be enhanced with exterior shades. You can get them in all kinds of colors. You can get them like really opaque or really sheer, if we can see through them or not to go through that whole process. I like things that have remote controls. That'd be cool. I'm all for that. More remote controls. So we have that on there. Can I do that for my phone? Yes, That's the next step. I want the shades to go up and down using my I want my, I want my budget blind shades app is what I want there. So now through the month of April, you can get 25% off signature series exterior shades at budget blinds. You want to call them. You want to tell them you want those exterior shades and you want to tell them that Nick and Jason sent you there. Go see them right on Main Street, downtown Lee Summit. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall with hosts Jason Norberry and Nick Parker. Catch us every Wednesday at linktoleesummit.com or subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app.